Welcome back to the Hair Full of Secrets podcast, where we explore the impact that hair and beauty practitioners have on our clients' mental health, wellness, and how we take care of our own. I'm your host, Paige Klibanoff. Today, we are speaking with Rebecca Cordiano, who has had a very long and fruitful career in the beauty space. I'm going to let her get right into it. She has so much insight. I can't wait for you guys to hear more. I have with me today a good friend of mine and client, Rebecca, who has a few different careers in the beauty space, but I won't take um, that introduction away from her. I'll let her tell you a little bit about what she does. So Rebecca, thank you so much for joining me. Of course, you're so welcome. Thank you for inviting me. I just had two icebreaker questions. So the first one is, what is your favorite workday beverage? Water. Oh, I don't think I can drink <laughs> enough water, to be honest with you. It's been one of those things that I think we as practitioners also struggle with is that self-care during the day. I tend to drink coffee in the morning and then I'm not always great about my water the first half of the day until I'm like, oh my God, I need water. <laughs> why do I feel um, like a shriveled up raisin? Yeah. So why do I feel like I have cotton mouth the rest of the day in my mask? But yes. Um, so that would be my answer, water for sure. Okay. I love that. And then my other question, do you have like a favorite thing that you like to listen to to start your day, whether it's like a specific song or a band or a podcast, like what yeah. do you like to listen to, to get your day going? Yeah. You know what? I'm a really big fan of Naco and medicine for the people, but revolution. And then there is a, a special artist I would love to share with people. His name is Sam Garrett. And he sings some really beautiful songs about meditation and just being one with yourself and um, how you are the compass of your own life. And I think that's, that's a great way to start the day. Awesome. Rebecca has a few different careers in the beauty space. Yeah, I actually work in reconstructive plastic surgery. I own a clinic called Waking Up Beautiful. And I started out as a makeup artist and then learned skincare, went to aesthetic school, and then decided I wanted to work in the plastic surgery part of our industry. I really wanted to make a difference as far as reconstruction on patients who were going through cancer treatment, but also people with ALS who would lose their ability to put their own makeup on. That has extended itself to more of a cosmetic side of the industry with injections. It's been great because while I love cosmetic patients, I always have the balance of some reconstruction with people who have cleft lip or who have had Mohs surgery or burns and being able to treat those patients and help them has been a blessing. So kind of a multifaceted business. In addition to that, I'm also a Reiki master and an energy healer. So I really try to incorporate as much of that into my business as possible. I do believe that as much as we want to make people look beautiful, we want them to feel beautiful as well. I couldn't agree with you more. It's why I'm trying to shift my own career in hair to be more kind of inner beauty as opposed to outer beauty centric, because it's it, focusing on that stuff. I feel like when I have those kinds of client experiences is when I feel the most fulfilled in what I do. So I love that you really have that two-prong approach. Yeah, thank you. I think that it was a difficult um, thing to try to imagine bringing together. You, you definitely in your mind think that you have to separate in some ways consciousness and vanity. And in reality, when I started to realize, you know, no matter what you do externally to people, if on the inside, they really aren't well, they're not going to project that beauty that you're helping them create. So it's been amazing to find a way 
um, to blend those things. And it's, it's actually been far easier to marry them than I thought it would be. I really want to talk more about that, how you actually do that blending in your appointments. You know, I think that most of us who work in an industry where we touch people, we realize that we have the types of personalities uh, where people love to talk to us and feel comfortable to speak to us. And I've always been one of those people that I feel like even random strangers will divulge a lot of information to. I am a Scorpio and also I just hold that that space well. I think being somebody who is conscious and energetically sound, people feel safe. Um, mm-hmm. And so I've just noticed, you know, you're in an intimate situation, whether you're touching somebody's skin or their hair, you are being intimate with them and they do feel this kinship to you. And a lot of times they'll start talking and crying. And it's, it's sometimes just because you're providing this immediate feeling of safety. So I feel like that became a very easy segue for me to say, Hey, by the way, did you know that I'm also a Reiki energy healer? And I would be more than happy to provide some space for us to set up and talk or to do sound healing or to do Reiki energy healing. If somebody's coming in and I'm going to do something that might be uncomfortable, like Botox or filler, a lot of times I'm pulling their energy down um, from the anxiety or uh, fear of pain or whatever it is that's going on with them. So I incorporate it every day, as I'm sure most of us do, whether or not we even realize that's what we're Mm -hmm. doing. I think we all have a tendency, whether it's sing song voices as we speak to people in a way that's calming or Mm -hmm. touching. A lot of people don't even realize they're healers and they are. You know, I think that's what's fascinating is recognizing people like massage therapists or nurses while they feel technically good at their job aren't recognizing it's really um, the safe space that they hold for people that allows that for sure. Which is why I think it's so important as practitioners that we end up in a space that we resonate with so that we can um, be in our best kind of headspace to be able to take care of clients. And when you're not in a salon or a work environment that is working for you, it can be really toxic for our own mental health and for the well with all of our clients when they come in that day. A hundred percent. And I I think that as an older practitioner, you know, I'm 46 now, I have lived enough of my life and I've worked in my career for 23 years and I've had my own clinic for 17, um, learning things like how to clear my space in the morning so that when people come in, it's already clear, learning how to create enough energetic boundary into the space and yourself. I think that's something that's taken a lot of years for me to recognize how to do that in a way that isn't harmful to yourself, right? I mean, we want to help, <laughs> but we don't want to suffer because of it. And I think a lot of us do it the wrong way at first. And that's how you learn when you start. So I feel like I understand what you're talking about, but just for the listeners, like some of these terms, like clearing your space and getting ready for the day and a right way and a wrong way to set up, like, what does that all look like? What was a wrong way for you? And what do you do now? You know, I think that coming in with my own stuff, if I had some um, struggle at home with kids or partners or whatever it is, and then coming in kind of frustrated at the beginning of the day and recognizing, okay, wait a minute, what I did is start my day with that kind of energy. And then it carries through the whole way through your rushing and feeling overwhelmed and learning how to take a bath or a shower before I go into work to clear my energy for my sleep or whatever's happening at home and being able to come in fresh. So I'm not 
introducing people to anxiety if they're already having it and I'm matching mm-hmm. that that's not helpful right so I would right. um, a lot a lot of times a good shower but salt baths are a great way at the end of the day to to clear your field so that you come in clear you know if you don't have time to do that there's always Florida water it's been used you know for hundreds and hundreds of years in shamanism to clear your energetic field, I bring a small bottle with me to work and then spray my space before I begin because your space will hold a lot of energy. So if you've had five or six clients that day or patients that day who have unfolded whatever's happening in their lives, you don't want the next person to, to pick it up. So I will spray between clients where mm-hmm. Sage is also a great product, but in reality, a lot of our spaces, you can't have smoke in the space. And so finding just alternative ways, even salt water is a great thing to spray around before you begin. I feel like or, anything um, with salts is very cleansing. I, I put some rock salt under my front doormat so that it kind of just gives a little cleansing energy under people's feet when they come in and out. And that's a perfect way to do it, right? Because it doesn't have to be something everyone knows about. If that makes Mm -hmm. some people (laughs) interestingly uncomfortable, right? Is like that your practice is different than theirs. Um, And if they don't know, they're just getting cleared on the way in the door. I think that's a great way to do it. Even rose water, simple rose water is a beautiful way to raise your vibration. It's not going to clear you, but if somebody's really struggling, even with discomfort, I'll stop and spray their face with rose water and kind of pull them back to themselves and then continue on. So yeah, I love that we're able to share these with each other and, and Mm -hmm. with the world and talk about ways that we can be more conscious about our own energetic boundaries and ways to make things more lovely in people's experience in your salon you know they're not picking up all of the drama or whatever is being created because you're right. really making sure you're taking care of that I I love that you do that one of the things I was going to ask you I feel like you've already said so much I'm like so excited about it I was going to ask you like what your routine looks like and I feel like you kind of covered that which is awesome for in the salon. I like that you spray people before and after. <laughs> yeah. People notice the shift in their energy. If like I said, they've come in um, from traffic and it's just felt really unnerving to get to their appointment on time and they're feeling very overwhelmed. I think they appreciate it as well. I, another technique, because we kind of touched on salt, pink Himalayan salts, having one in the corner of your salon or every corner is great because it does keep the energy clear the entire day without you having to perform an action. So that's a Mm -hmm. great thing to have um, in your space. I also, in my pockets, always carry black tourmaline so that I am protected from taking on any of the negative energy that people might be carrying or even to keep mine, you know, separate from them as well. And so there are things in your pockets that I think are so helpful, like selenite or um, black tourmaline. I actually have a huge piece of black tourmaline on my little table in front of where people sit and then a giant um, selenite wand in the back of my little hair space. See, I love that. And I think people <laughs> who have been introduced to this a little bit, they do recognize those things. So I do have, you know, when people are waiting in my waiting room, they're noticing the crystals, they're noticing maybe I have, you know, a piece of Palo Santo, which is holy wood um, that has been burnt previously sitting there. So it's a great way to start conversation about energetic Mm -hmm. boundaries and what we're providing to those people beyond what they can imagine, right? Not just the hair, not just the face, really taking care of them and taking care of ourselves. 
Yeah. I'm really curious about your kind of viewpoint on boundaries. I imagine like being a healer and offering a, a service that it can become, I don't know if difficult's the right word, but um, I imagine it's hard to figure out where those lines are in terms of like boundaries and like what all you can do in, in one given time. Yeah, I mean, I think difficult is a great word because I think until you're really learning why you're so exhausted when you come home or why maybe at the end of the day, you feel far more wound up than you felt when you got there is like, oh, wait a minute, have I been protecting my boundaries? Have I been really clear with them? You're right. It is so much more, um, not difficult, but more to think about for me because I am a healer. I do want to transition some of those cosmetic patients to a spiritual practice, like helping them if that's what they're asking for, of course. And, and I think it is important with conversations mm-hmm. getting really overwhelming. I certainly don't want to bring a bunch of negative information up and then poke them in the face, right? Because that's where you're going to end up with inflammation right. or the potential of a bruises if in Internally, they're inflamed with anxiety or fear or suffering that came from their home. They're going to have a harder time with discomfort because they're not able to focus. And I think that's important for me too. So if things are getting too heavy, of course, I'll just say, hey, let's set up a time that you can come in and we can do a sound healing or we can sit and have a session. And what a great place that you and I have to speak so openly with people and to help teach them things without it being preachy, right? Is like, hey, here's Mm -hmm. an experience I've had working. So I imagine your work environment can get pretty hectic when you have a lot of people working. (laughs) Have you considered, you know, having some crystals at your desk or spraying yourself with um, rose water or whatever it is? And then I think that kind of opens this up to not just be bitch sessions, right? Right, right. Just trauma dumping or whatever it is. Right. It's just gossip or like, like you said, trauma dumping, which can be, you know, it's like you want, it's, it's a double-edged sword, right? Like you want to be the safe space where your clients can unload whatever they need to get off their chest. But you also have to be considerate of the fact that if everybody does that in every session all day long to you, that you aren't going to have anything left for yourself. And it's like, you'll have negative for yourself. I think that these are conversations if we're willing to have them and be really honest about our own feelings to say, here's what happens sometimes in this environment, people do unfold. And, and I think it's important to do that, but also to set up energetic boundaries. And sometimes the best way to do that is to teach them how to do it with their coworkers. And then they're like, ah, oh, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't just come in and like just start out with, you know, your, your brother's suicide. And while I do want to hold the space, I also know there's, there's a time and a place, right? You don't, want to be doing something, like I said, that could potentially um, cause emotional upset. And then now they have worse swelling or bruising or whatever with the things that I do. So sometimes I'll just say that, Hey, just know that let's get you like in a nice and calm, get your adrenaline down. So I'm going to hand you this crystal so that when we do this procedure, you're able to focus. And usually that pulls them right out of the trauma dumping, right. Or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And I hate that word because I do think it's important that we're able to to, to be honest with people about what's happening with us. One of the things I try to teach my patients is with their girlfriends to say simple things like, 
hey, are you in a space to hear something that's going on with me? I'm really struggling with something. But before I tell you, I want to make sure that you're in a space to hear it. And that's Mm -hmm. a really simple way for us to give somebody the space to say, you know, actually today I'm feeling really sensitive. I don't know if I would be the right person to hear this story in this moment, maybe this afternoon. And that's with friends. That's not even just well, with and clients, yeah, and that right? helps preserve <laughs> relationships for sure. I think we don't recognize sometimes if if we're those people. You know, I can say on the flip side, I've probably been just as bad as my patients <laughs> where you're like, oh my God, here's what's going on with my boyfriend. And it's like Rebecca pull it in. Remember to ground your energy. You don't want to do that to your patient. I've done it, you know? So like I said, oh, yeah. it is, I think we all a- have had a hard day and some of our appointments have turned into like a little too much about us or our experiences with our friends. I know it's happened to me because I've had friends be like, I need to take some space because I don't have the energy anymore to be able to show up for you around this issue because I have my own things I'm dealing with. And like, I love you and I respect you and I hope you figure it out. But like, I can't be that person. I don't know that clients would necessarily feel comfortable saying something along those lines to a practitioner. It's more likely, I think they would just leave and start seeing somebody else. And not, yeah, I mean, I think that's hundred percent true. And, and that's what I'm hoping by even doing this podcast is like, we open the eyes of all people to maybe set up those boundaries for themselves saying, Hey, I have something to talk about. Are you in the right space? Because I think when people first hear that, they're like, wow, you know, I've never even considered doing that with somebody. <laughs> so it's, it's a really big eye opener, just practicing the boundaries for yourself, for people. We learn by example. One of the things that I love is saying to someone, you know, Hey, I really need to speak about this thing. And you're someone I really trust. And I know is capable of holding space for me where sometimes people start conversations and it's like, Oh, I, don't, I know you probably aren't going to do well with what I'm about to tell you. And it's like, well, <laughs> which wait is a not giving yourself any favors. <laughs> you're not doing yourself or that person any favors, starting a conversation out like that. But it's like when you start a conversation being like, so no offense. Yeah. Right. <laughs> don't be angry, yeah, I mean- but yeah, I, yeah, totally. And I feel like we need to be more aware of our words, right? We are spelling with our words. So in, in turn, I think even empowering your girlfriends to say, you've always been really great at being able to hear me process information. I don't need your advice necessarily, but are you in a space to hear um, what's going on with me is such a beautiful thing. Well, I want to ask you something that I've asked everybody, which is what does mental wellness or mental health mean to you? Well, I think that it is really sad that in our society, it's become almost, um, you know, like wearing the red A on your, you know, I think there are far more neurodivergent people than we have ever realized. I have a daughter now who is 16 and she's really capable of looking at some of her tendencies and, and recognizing that she's neurodivergent, ADHD, potential autism. And for the first time at my age, I'm like, oh my God, you know what? <laughs> you know, I would say I definitely have ADD, but I I wasn't, you know, in that time frame where it became so prevalent of not like knowledge around it to even recognize it in yourself. And mm-hmm. and I think that a lot of people are just pushing through life with these 
tendencies that that they actually need help for and they don't recognize. So I'm grateful that in this day and age, there are far more people who speak about anxiety, depression, attention deficit, OCD, things like this, because I think everyone to some extent is suffering, honestly, with all of what's happening right now in our society. So there's a lot of fear. Um, to clarify, so to you, mental health is like learning how to kind of pr- process and work through those kind of neurodivergences. I just want to make sure I'm understanding. Yeah, hundred percent. I think that, that a lot of what we're talking about, it ties in so much because it's mm. how much self-care are you doing to help yourself with some of those tendencies, you know, anxiety or OCD or whatever it is. I think that in our, our practices, we're able to maybe even provide some insight. Hey, I've struggled with that. Have you ever tried this? Mental health issues are not foreign. They're so prevalent right now. It's important that we're able to speak about it in ourselves and in our, our people. Yeah. I'm curious what your perspective is in terms of like the beauty industry's impact on mental health overall. You know, I think it depends. I I can understand how it could have a negative impact having been advertised for so long to be beautiful, to be thin and how important that is. You know, I can see the negative aspect of it, but I also see the real positive in that when you do work in sales, which so many women do, when you feel confident about yourself, you do better at your job. I think you just do better overall. I know for myself, when I do have a little bit of makeup on and I've done my hair and I go out and do something, my confidence level is very different than when I am just sweatpants kind of dumpy. I think, gosh, doesn't it make such a difference in your life when somebody will actually look at you in the street and smile rather than look down or away from you? Yes, (laughs) body language is everything. It's huge. And I think that you pass your little bit of happiness, that joy and like, gosh, I feel really good today. I'm feeling really good about the way I look and feel. Um, and we're contagious in that way on, on both sides of the coin, you know, good or bad. It's, it's like when you get sick ritual. and you still like blow out your hair and put makeup on, even though you're going to wear sweatpants and like have box tissues and eat a pizza to the face or something like, yeah, totally. you feel better when you look good. I, I think that is absolutely true. So it is kind of a, a, a tightrope. I think that we all recognize mm-hmm. that it can be, you know, if you've become somebody who is only seen and not heard because the expectation is being beautiful, that could be dangerous. Um, yeah. When you can feel really good in your skin and people still want to hear what you have to say, I think that's the balance. <laughs> Had a lot of people during the pandemic and they would say, gosh, you know, I just feel so vain that there's so much going on in the world. And here I sit. And I said, "Mm, I don't view it that way. You know, I can honestly say when things were really bad and there was the potential of even losing my business during the pandemic, you know, I lost $150,000 that first year, just from having to stay closed during certain periods of time, I was going through a really tough moment. And I recognized when I kept myself up and I would do my makeup or whatever, I would look across from and go, you know, the world's falling apart, but you look pretty dang good. So I think we're doing all right. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, but your brows look amazing. And <laughs> oh, so everything's going to be fine. <laughs> well, and that's how I, I definitely relate that, but I think it is a balancing act. I think that mm-hmm. if you are just doing all the physicality aspect of um, keeping yourself beautiful, but you're not doing any of this self-care ritual that makes you feel really beautiful on the inside, self-love, gratitude, 
clearing salt baths, having boundaries, being able to say, Hey, you know, I'm worthy of respecting. That's what boundaries do. I think when you're doing those things, it is the whole package. It is the, I feel beautiful enough on the inside that I'm going to affect people with that when they come in. I think, right. I think we underrate the impact that gratitude and forgiveness can have on our emotional bodies throughout the course of, well, your whole life, but the day. I love the author, Gabby Bernstein, and she talks, and I think it's her second book, but I could be wrong. The universe has your back. I think it's that one. A lot about the powers of gratitude and forgiveness. And it's like, I read these things, I process them and I forget to practice them all the time. But I found myself relaying to one of my clients the other day, we happened to get to a point in the session where advice was like the appropriate next step. And we were just discussing how she's going through a really hard time with a breakup that's been going on for like eight months of like just this back and forth and back and forth and being really frustrated. And it's been long enough now where I felt comfortable telling her, I think that it's necessary for your healing that you learn to forgive him for his actions, regardless of whether or not he's ever able to accept the fact that he did something wrong and learn and grow from that. He might never understand what he did wrong. And if you need that from him to feel better, you will never heal. You need to well, learn gosh, to forgive. So true. So you know? true. And I, I think that's true with parents. I think that's true with any experience that you've had in your life where you've felt wronged or hurt. That forgiveness really is such an interesting thing. It's it's one of those things that's like, well, can you walk through your life holding this burden? It isn't about the other person, as you know. I'm sure with hair um, Mm -hmm. treatments, a lot of people are coming in at a point of transition. I just turned 50. I just turned 40. I just broke up with my partner. And now I want bangs. Yeah. So I want this transformation (laughs) on the outside. So it'll take place on the inside. And I think that's so much of the crossover of the emotional conversations we have with clients is because we are a part of this like new transformation that they're trying to accomplish. And so of course Mm -hmm. these big topics come up. And I think it's important that you did touch on forgiveness because I double dutch the whole thing, right? The healing conversations with the treatments, people's pictures look different. It's, it's a really funny thing, but you can see that glow up from the Mm -hmm. inside that's taken place of like, like you said, having forgiveness, stepping into gratitude, having a new viewpoint along with their new look. You see it in their skin. You see it in their eyes when they are feeling that love for themselves back again. So, I mean, I think that's how it all wraps back together. Oh, it's so true. I see that even when I do before and afters in hair, you can always see very clearly that shift when it is that they've raised their vibration when it happens. A hundred percent. I mean, people exude a light from the inside. There is no question. And you can look at people and tell when it's dimmed because of something that's happening. I think it all ties together. We, We had talked a little bit earlier about touching people's hair and what it means. Yeah, you shared with me a very interesting bit of knowledge about the energetic powers that we have in hair. And I'd love if you would share that info with the listeners. Yeah, totally. So my family is indigenous. We're Native American and Hispanic. And I really have always had an attachment to my hair in a different way than maybe a lot of people understand. But it is 
a Native American belief that your hair holds energy. It acts as an antenna to the world. So I am psychic and I have noticed in times that I have cut my hair that it's made a difference in how much information I pick up. I think I was kind of teasing you that, you know, I am mm-hmm. super careful about who I allow to touch my hair because your hair holds so much energy. It truly is like a responsibility that when you're touching someone's hair, you're feeding them good energy. It's like massaging somebody when you're pissed off. You know, like <laughs> I, don't, I don't want that massage. I don't want that I massage. Know. You're <laughs> like, ah, why are you mad? And then you leave feeling worse. No, I hate that feeling. To your point, a lot of people are very careful about who they allow to do their hair. I actually find it to be very strange when people are like, yeah, I just picked a random person. I'm like, you did? Really? Yeah, that's scary. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, that's terrifying. I would never do that. Um, But like, lucky for you, you came to me and I know what I'm doing. I think it's Mm -hmm. important for the client to understand how important it is for them to pick people that they want to allow energetically into their field. But it's, it's as important for us to recognize, is this somebody I want to be touching a lot, right? Is this somebody I want to spend three hours, like in your case, when you're doing highlights and hair, you know, is this yeah. a vibrational match? And I think that we're stepping And not into everybody this. is. Well, and they don't, this is where this podcast is going to be so important. There are a lot of people who just don't even know. They're not even aware. Like I'm going to take on this person's energy. Who's touching me, my massage therapist, my nail person, my hair person, my skincare person. Um, and, and why those relationships are so intimate is because a, you're sharing space for sometimes long periods of time, but they're touching these intimate parts of your body, your, your face, your hair, your, you know, your body, if they're massage therapist and on both sides, why that energetic exchange is so important. And that's where those boundaries or rituals come in of, can you imagine if every person that was coming in to see you had cleared their field before they sat in your chair or like, you know, how different your day would go after seeing six people who were responsible enough to recognize that. And then in turn, as the practitioner, even more important um, in doing that for yourself and doing that for your clients. And And I think anyone who is even slightly sensitive, this is happening, whether you realize it or not, but coming into the consciousness of it is huge. Yeah. And I think that even people that aren't like attuned to their own consciousness, right? Um, Because I've I've talked with many people on here that come from a variety of spiritual backgrounds and belief systems, and you and I happen to resonate on a lot of them. But I think most people are attuned to it, whether they're aware or not, because I feel like there's two things I hear all the time as a hairstylist. And one of them is my hairstylist is like my therapist. And the other one is I would rather find a new OBGYN than a new hairstylist. Yeah. And I'm like, and now, you know, why it's so intimate. It is so intimate. Your hair, it's so energetically intimate. Mm-hmm. It's like we would rather have somebody new down in our hoo-hahs, literally, than <laughs> find a new person to cut our hair. And I think that has to do with like the vibrational significance of like our hair's more of a gateway. Well, and sense. so so many things come into mind when you say this because you know you if you consider like, and this is a really 
this is the healer in me, but, um, but <laughs> no, a, I love client, yeah, a client who maybe had parents who never listened to them, like no matter what they were trying to relay, the parents are just too busy. They're not listening. Right. And then when you have that experience with a hairstylist, you're telling them exactly what you want, you know, exactly what you're looking for. And they didn't listen to you at all. And now you ended up with three inches of hair, you know, or whatever it is, that was a boundary that was now crossed. That's triggering, not just this hair moment, but that no one ever listens to me. Right. I mean, that's what we're not right. even paying attention to with people is like, what we all want is to be heard and understood. Right. Yes. Please see me, see, hear, please hear me, please understand me. And I think that when you find a hairstylist who does, like you, you really get where I'm at. You really understand what it is I'm looking for. You're really listening to me rather than talking over me when I'm trying to explain exactly what it is I'm looking for. That's mm-hmm. already setting up this really intimate relationship. You get those rare clients that will say like, I actually, I stayed with that person. I haven't liked how they've done my hair for a long time, but I loved going to see them. I've that heard that recently. I've heard that recently about hairstyles, which is funny that you're saying it. Um, yeah, from, I'll get, from I get my... new people all the time and they're like, I just eventually they did something to my hair that was bad enough that I had to leave, but I really liked them and we were connected and I sympathized with their struggles and they came to my kid's third birthday and now do my kid's hair, but I just can't <laughs> have them doing mine anymore. And it's like, all right, like you sat on the nail for long enough and now it hurts. So yeah. I get it. <laughs> And I, I think that is, it's relationship. We're building a relationship. And at the end of the day, I think you have to be responsible for that on both sides, both client and practitioner. So I think it's so important that we're having the conversation. Not everybody that we see is going to be that in tune with their totally. own actions. Totally. And I think so much we leave it up to the other person when in reality, like I said, I should have taken the responsibility to say this is the space that I'm in today. So many of us are fixers. So your immediate response is going to be, how can I help this person not feel suffering? When in reality, sometimes that's exactly what they need. I just need to be where I am, but can you sit with me in it for an hour? And, and I think that's really profound way to treat all conversation, every conversation, not even just intimate conversations. And doesn't that change everything about miscommunication? Yeah, completely. I think we Sorry, I'm looking up know. this quote that I no, was thinking go ahead. of. Go ahead. Uh, I think it was Aristotle. But some famous philosopher basically said that we only have control over our own actions and our own reactions. And truly, at the end of the day, those are the only two things that we can never really control. Totally. And that's the beauty of getting older, speaking of vanity and and the cosmetic (laughs) industry, right? Maybe you don't want to have a ton of wrinkles, but the wisdom that comes with aging is quite beautiful. We can only learn these behaviors from people who have learned them previous to us. So I just think that we're raising our vibration as a, as a total, you know, the universe, not our country, the whole world is raising their vibration through um, spending more time with themselves. So COVID provided people this really awesome opportunity to maybe spend more time at home where you started to recognize what is my vibration? What is my energy? And then what, how does that change when I get around A, B, or C? It's given us more of a ability to evaluate that, I think, than ever before. I agree. I'm curious if you have any like Instagram or TikToks that you really like to follow that you feel influence and empower you in your career and in your mental health journey, or if you have any like recommended reading 
that really stick out to you that have kind of helped you as well? Yes. And you know, it's hard. TikTok is such a funny one minute thing, right? Is there somebody specific? (laughs) I don't know, but I would tell you, I enjoy it because I have, you know, favorited subjects that are important to me, shamanism, energy healing, ascension. And so there's so much information, right? And I think it's imperative that you're able to sort through that by, you know, who, who do I resonate with? Just like you said, you're, you're going to know right away. Books, I would say are easier for me because I love Ram Das and Be Here Now is a really good book. Polishing the Mirror is one of those books that no matter how often I read it, I always feel like I'm reading it for the first time. You're, you know, I've been, like you said, you learn practices yeah. and you don't put them into practice. And then you read the book again, you're like, oh, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. Our best teacher, I think, is symptoms. You know, every time I end up exhausted after work differently than a, another day, I might evaluate what did I do differently. Um, and so how much practice did I put in place? How much ritual did I put in place before or after work or during or clearing, you know, in between sure. clients or whatever? I think his name is Joe Dispenza, who's, who wrote uh, Becoming I Supernatural. he's on um Gaia's platform he has so much on there and I love Gaia honestly becoming supernatural becoming supernatural there there have been a few people who have been such touchstones for me you know Eckhart Tolle with a new earth that was really profound Dolores Cannon I think who speaks now um well she's spoken her whole life but now we're really able to utilize her books, The Convoluted Universe, she has a bunch where she has been a hypnotherapist who actually worked with psychics. And when she would put them under hypnosis, they were relaying wild information about what's actually happening on the planet right now. And it was all prophetic. This was, you know, a decade or two ago, a lot of these recordings, it's really helped me, especially with like mental health awareness, on why maybe you're experiencing some of the symptoms you are. And it, it has so much to do with a lot of what we're talking about, being overloaded. Not with the convoluting the, universe, is that what you said? The convoluted universe. It's really fascinating how to be more conscious of your behaviors, period. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to read that. I'm finishing a book right now called My Body. And as soon as I'm done with that, I'm going to read that one. Reading and listening to Audible are like a meditative experience for me. I have a lot of trouble in like true stillness, which is something I'm working on, but reading is a place where I can kind of quiet what you were saying at the beginning to kind of loop back to the start. Some of those neurodivergences that I have, it allows me to shut everything else off and sometimes still learn and grow and build my own practices and my own um, belief systems and expand my consciousness without creating these toxic anxiety, depression loops. I think it's a really beautiful thing. Even if you're just reading like a fun story, like you don't have to, you know, try and expand your knowledge base. If that's not what reading is for you, that's cool. Um, But that's what it is for me. This podcast launches January 1st and I'm set a goal last year on that day to read a book a week. And I'm in the middle of my 52nd book on track to finish so wow good for you did it I, yeah you know, just it makes me feel like I have not been um 
in service to myself in the way I would like to be, because I wish <laughs> I had read 52 books this year. Like I said, when women and not just women, of course, men too, but when we share our practice, when we say to each yes. other, here's something that really helped me or here's something that really helps me. So I'm so grateful for the opportunity to be on your podcast and um, yes. to be someone who can be available to people who need help from an energetic standpoint or mental health standpoint. If you I need think, injections or anything like that too. Yeah, She's waking up girl. beautiful, y'all. Um, yes, is that, that where and, people can find you on Instagram? Yeah, so you can find me on waking underscore up underscore beautiful, but my website is www.wakingupbeautiful.net. Um, my name is Rebecca Cordiano and you can find me on Facebook on Waking Up Beautiful. So any of those platforms, and like I said, I'm a sound healer and a Reiki energy healer, and I love being able to set aside an hour um, to help people who are struggling through a lot of the change that's happening on the planet right now. So I am grateful to you for inviting me. I am thankful that you're someone who is trying to help raise awareness around energetic boundaries in the salon setting. We're teachers in the positions we're in if we take it seriously. Yes. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I'm so grateful that I met you in time to have you be a guest. And thank you so much for taking the time out of your day today to be able to do this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is exactly what I wanted this to be. I'm so grateful. So many thanks to Rebecca for joining us today. I learned so much from her. I hope you guys did as well. And as always, please remember to rate, review, subscribe, and share. With your help, we can continue to grow this podcast as we ramp up for season two. I'm your host, Paige Klibanoff. Thanks for joining.